Welcome to Cascade Connects, a podcast focusing on the people and events in the Cascade Collegiate Conference. Here is your host, CCC Commissioner Robert Cashel. Welcome to this edition of Cascade Connects. I'm Conference Commissioner Rob Cashel. Very excited to be joined by head coach of the Oregon Tech Owls, Greg Stewart, softball coach, and by his graduate student and uh, longtime player for, for OIT, Kayla Mick. Thank you guys for joining the program. Thank you for having us. Greg, let's get started. First of all, uh, congratulations. Uh, earlier this year, um, you were uh, reached a coaching milestone uh, in preseason. I believe you attained 700 wins uh, so far in your career. Yes, sir. Yes, that was uh, um, definitely a, a fun day and get to experience that with the team I had this year. That was a, you know, a lot of fun to uh, see them play well and, you know, kind of get past those coaching milestones and worry more about what we want to try to accomplish on the field. Yeah, just a, an incredible career so far and, and uh, entering your 20th year at uh, Oregon Tech as the head coach there for softball. Um, heading into the season, we start conference play this weekend. Oregon Tech was selected as number one in our league and, and the preseason favorite to win our league. You're also ranked number one in the country uh, after a great year last year. Um, talk a little bit about um, those rankings and how you deal with that with your team. And, and uh, you know, I, I know we all know that rankings only mean so much, but but how do you deal with that uh, from a perspective of talking to your team about it? You bet. Great question. Well, I, I think, um, you know, just like a milestone that a coach reaches, and I've been blessed to be at Oregon Tech for a long time, but in saying that, um, you know, having a having a ranking in preseason and having um, just the recognition that we have as a program is just really a testament to the type of athletes and the young ladies that we have had in our program and we have in our program currently. And Kayla Mick sitting here to my right is a perfect example of that is, you know, great players, um, you know, make programs successful and make coaches look good with the decisions that they make. Um, and in saying that with a with a preseason number one ranking, it, again, is a byproduct of how well we did last year and having such a big returning class, um, finishing and runner-up runner last year in the national title game, and then having eight returning starters and our top two pitchers back, you know, is, is the biggest reason why we got that recognition. Um, but for us, at this stage of the year, it's just a number. It doesn't really mean anything when it comes down to how we perform or, you know, uh, play and practice. It's just us focusing on the fact that it's great the rest of the country respects our program, but now it all is, is a matter of what we do in our production and our performance on the field. Kayla, you've had an opportunity to be part of a highly successful program, not only within the conference, but nationally. Uh, you're from Klamath Falls. You've grown up around the program. Uh, we'll talk more about it, but your, your dad is also an assistant coach uh, with the program. Tell me what it's like for you being part of uh, such a such a well-known and well-respected program. Um, it means a lot, and it makes me very um, happy about the decision that I made to come here. Um, I love playing with the girls, no matter what our ranking is or um, how well we're doing. That team like means the most to me. So I'm I'm just thankful to be on this team, no matter what our ranking is. But obviously, it's cool too to have that recognition. Um, like Coach was saying, it doesn't 
really mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but um, it is cool to be recognized in that way. And you're a graduate student this year. Uh, what, what degree program are you finishing up there at Oregon Tech? Um, I finished my dental hygiene degree and I'm getting a minor in coaching and um, working toward classes for a minor in psychology as well. So Kayla, tell me a little bit about the senior class. Uh, again, uh, highly represented with, with great players, as coach said, eight returning starters. You know, what, what, are you, what have you guys written down uh, as your goals for this year? Uh, certainly getting back to the World Series is, is number one on that. But, you know, what are some of the things that you guys are talking about in, in finishing up your career at Oregon Tech? Um, as seniors, I think our biggest thing is to just make this a memorable season. No matter if we're winning or losing, just remembering these are going to be our last games. So just leaving it out there. Um, no regrets making sure we, when we leave this team, it, it continues to be a winning culture, letting like letting the underclassmen know kind of how it works um, in, in that way. And then also, like I said, just leaving it all out there, having no regrets. Obviously our number one goal is to win a national championship, but what happens before that um, is more important just that we continue to make these memories with our team. And and coach, you you've hung up that, that national banner, uh, winning a national title in 2011. Um, can you can you speak to the strength of our conference? Obviously, Southern Oregon, uh, multiple national champion. We've got College of Idaho. You're headed to Eastern Oregon uh, this weekend to open conference play. A very very tough Mountaineer team. What does our conference schedule really prepare you for? Yeah, it definitely is a, a tough league from top to bottom with a lot of really good players and good coaches that recruit well, that um, in my mind, help prepare any of our teams that come out of this conference that either get an automatic uh, qualification or an at-large berth into a national tournament to play at um, you know a high level because they're already playing those games week in and week out. And you know, in my history here at Oregon Tech, Early on in, in my coaching career here, we had a different uh, NAI playoff format, which sometimes didn't allow some of our, our teams that were really good in our conference to get outside of our regional, because at that time we had a juggernaut in the NAIA that was in our regional that you had to beat to move on from regional playoffs into what is now the World Series, but back then used to be, quote unquote, the national tournament. And so long story short, we just weren't getting any at-large rankings to get there. And so for us to beat Simon Frazier at the time, which had, you know, many players on their team that played for Team Canada, it was a tall task for any of our elite teams in the Cascade Conference. But then in about 2009, they changed that format to where at least we got one team every year from our conference going to nationals. And consequently, in 2010, uh, Simon Frazier won another national title. And then, as you mentioned, in our second year, um, having that format, and, and honestly, the first year that we ever made it to a national tournament outside of regional playoffs, Oregon Tech was able to win a national title. And then, as you mentioned, the rest is kind of history. In the last 10 to 12 years, the Cascade Conference has done really, really well at nationals with having, you know, Southern Oregon win three national titles, us be runner-up, College of Idaho being a third place finisher, Concordia, when they were in our league, came in third place. Corbin, I think in 2017 was the runner up. So we we have had a 10 year 
I would say, span in our conference and really proving how deserving our teams have been to get to national tournaments and also make it to the World Series. So um, in saying all that, I guess just to give the listeners a little bit of history, the last 10 years has been great for the Cascade Conference of Softball, representing uh, the teams that go out and represent our conference at national tournaments. And so um, in my mind, it's one of the top two or three, uh, um, you know, arguably conferences in softball that you could you could look at with three or four teams. You mentioned us in Southern Oregon and College of Idaho has has legitimately always had good teams. Eastern Oregon is really tough now and they got one of the top pitchers in the conference. Um, so they're going to be a really great, great program this year. British Columbia has always been very competitive. Um, and I can go down the list of the other teams that, you know, you have six or seven teams in our league that can win on any given day. Yeah, it's been a highly competitive postseason tournament for sure. Uh, we qualify six to the postseason tournament. You guys have been fortunate enough the last two years to host that postseason tournament by being our number one seed. I want to talk a little bit about the environment you all have uh, in Klamath for softball. Beautiful facility. Uh, and Kayla, what's it like playing in front of your home crowd and, and on that really state-of-the-art facility that you guys have? That's awesome. Um, our field is obviously beautiful, and I like feel grateful every single day when we go out there for practice and you just look at it. Um, our fans are great, too. They are diehard fans. If it's snow in there, there. If it's hot, it's there, which is great. And it's like that with all the sports, the support for basketball, soccer, all of that. Um, so it's really awesome, especially it being a small town. A lot of people will know Oregon Tech softball. And so you go to the grocery store and they'll see you wearing our tech gear and they'll talk to you about it. And they're super excited and and know a lot about our season, which is really cool. So it's awesome to be able to play in front of that fan base. And Greg, uh, the the family that uh, helped with the construction of your facility, John Sturwalt, he's at every game. Uh, and what's that for you to have have that kind of support and really friendship from from such great people? Yeah, great question. I appreciate you asking that because you know Stillwell Stadium has been, you know, a game changer for us in our program, not only from a recruiting standpoint, but as you and Kayla were just discussing, just being able to have a venue that just hosts such incredible atmosphere and opportunities for fans to have a good experience and for teams coming in and playing on our field or visiting to have a good experience, not to mention when the weather's inclement, which it can be in Klamath Falls in the spring, uh, an all-turf field allows us to get snow off our field a little bit uh, easier than it would be if it was a natural grass and dirt surface. So, you know, in saying that from a coaching standpoint, I'm completely blessed beyond belief with what I get to, you know, prepare for every day. And quite frankly, it makes a big difference in how much more time I have with my players than I have to do worrying about getting a, per a field prepared for practice or games. But uh, John Stillwell and his late wife, Lois, um, have been great fans of not only Oregon Tech softball, but our whole entire athletic department, but more importantly, in the community of Klamath Falls have given back so much in other areas with the things they do um, in our 4-H programs around here at our fairgrounds to allow, uh, you know, young students and youth to participate and get involved in a lot of other areas. But again, they were the, the, the main sponsor or lead gift, if you will, to renovate our, our stadium and and, you know, for what John and Lois have done for Oregon Tech softball, you know, their their name 
um, is always going to be recognized as somebody that made a, a big impact to our program and our school. Because that's the last thing I'll say is besides John helping our softball program out, he does a lot of things in terms of scholarships, not only for the athletic department, but for the Oregon Tech University. And so there's, um, you know, other programs academically on campus that are beneficiaries of their philanthropy. Yeah, I had an opportunity to meet John a couple years ago at, uh, at the tournament and what a true gentleman and, and uh, just a heart of, of service and, and of giving to others. Just a great, great, great person. Yeah, I have to just follow that up, Rob, with, you know, making sure I say, you know, besides, you know, how much he wants to do for the students. I mean, he genuinely, you know, loves Klamath Falls and loves Oregon Tech and does this because he loves to see the students be successful. And that's what's so great to me. And then, you know, the last thing I'll say is that I'm blessed on top of that to be his friend and, and to have somebody that cares so much about not just softball, but my, my family and my life. And mm -hmm. so it's just great to have, you know, that kind of support that we get from a lot of folks here at Klamath Falls. Speaking of family, Kayla, you're in a unique position where you get to see your dad daily. Uh, he, he's an assistant coach. Um, uh, probably, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, coached you all through maybe youth softball and things like that. And tell me about that relationship and, and really how special that is to share this journey with your dad. It's, it's a really cool experience. I feel like I don't realize, I sometimes forget how unique it is because like you said, he has always been my coach and he was in high school as well. Um, but it's little moments like when you get on first base and he'll like hand us gummy bears at first. I'm like, oh, that's that's cool. It's my dad handing me that. And um, yeah, it's unique, but it's really awesome. My little sister is also on the team, which um, has been really fun this year. She's starting to get comfortable and more confident, which has been really fun to watch as well. Greg, uh, speaking of heading over and starting league play this week, we're, we're always battling weather, it seems, uh, this time of year where we're moving games or switching dates and all that. Plus, we have a huge footprint um, uh, in our league. So can you talk a little bit about the mentality you have, not only you with your coaching staff, but with your players in having to be adaptable really daily to weather and travel changes and just all the things that come with playing a sport in the Pacific Northwest outdoors? You bet. Well, I think that goes hand in hand with when you play college athletics or really sports at any level that are at a high level of demand for players in terms of, um, you know, their mentality and what it takes for them to not only be mentally tough, but then also physically tough. And in our sport, especially in this part of the country, our players have to be physically tough to go out and play in freezing temperatures, which they do quite honest, honestly throughout the week in practice and in games. Um, you know, typically until maybe late March, early April rolls around before it starts getting into the balmy 50 degree, you know, level daily, um, which feels like a heat wave. But in, in saying that, yeah, I think that's what we have to prepare ourselves for and understand. Um, you know, it's one thing if it's cold, but then it's another thing if it all of a sudden becomes wet and cold, which a lot of our teams in the Northwest have to deal with and play through that sometimes as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just a testament to this type of athlete that we have. And quite frankly, why I'm so proud to recruit so many young ladies from the Northwest, even though we get players from other parts of our region. But, you know, they understand that, you know, it's not going to always be a sunny, fun, warm day to play the game of softball. 
and you got to get out there and make the most of it and not have any excuses. So for us, our preparation is, you know, weekly understanding, hey, we're going to practice in the cold and we're going to have to perform in the cold. And hopefully we take care of our bodies and warm up the right way so that we limit, you know, any any type of pulled muscles or injury that we're out participating, you know, in that weather and those temperatures. But in saying that, Rob, you're exactly right. I mean, we have to just be flexible sometimes too with schedules and, you know, rescheduling and then our and our conference, you know, not that it's um, ideal, but we'll have to play three games in a day sometimes just to avoid playing in some bad weather. Yeah, you and I have talked over the years. There, there's a there's a big difference between playable and perfect, and and uh, and we we go when it's playable. We're not we we can't always wait for perfect. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Kayla, you are, are really what I would call an iron woman in terms of playing. Um, heading into this year, you've had 206 straight starts, um, which indicates that you don't get hurt a lot, uh, that you're able to get out there and play. Uh, you're a two-time All-American. Tell me about your preparation and what do you do, not only in-season, but what do you do more importantly off-season that keeps you uh, where you're at physically, mentally, and everything that's allowed you to be just that steady player? Um, I, in the off season, prioritize um, getting in the weight room, lifting, um, stretching after that so that I can avoid pulling muscles. Um, a lot of times in season, it's important for me to go in and get treatment even when I don't feel like I need it, just more of a preventative measure. So that helps keep me healthy. Um, obviously in the off season continue hitting and getting ground balls when I can, which is nice about this field. You can get up there anytime. Um, yeah, that's pretty much sums it up. Just, you know, stay on top of it. Don't ever take too much time off, but also giving myself time off when I need it and not feeling guilty about that. Um, just knowing that a lot of hard work went into this before I became a college softball player which helped with muscle memory and all that stuff. So my body's not going to completely forget how to do something if I take a couple weeks or a month off and just giving myself that off time so I don't get um, too tired or overworked during the season. Yeah. Well, uh, as you were saying, stretching, I just kept thinking in my mind, uh, old guys like Greg and I probably <laughs> wish we would have stretched a, a lot more at, at uh, when we were your age, that's for sure. I'd have a couple more hamstrings intact if I was a little bit better at stretching right now, um, no doubt. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to jump in there um, too much, Rob, with um, following up with, with what Kayla was saying. But, you know, one of the things I just want to, you know, point out is as coaches, we all have those players throughout our career, throughout our, our time as coaches that were just huge impacts in their, I would just say their time in a program or, you know, their history and part of, you know, what Oregon Tech was able to accomplish in softball in the last four and a half years since Kayla Mick has been here has been unparalleled in terms of our, our success and our, our wins over that four and a half year span, if you will, you know, in, you know, I just want to point that out because it takes, you know, all of us as coaches are always hoping for those special leaders that do what it takes to have a team uh, have the right kind of culture and attitude and character playing through toughness. Because you talked about her being an iron woman, but, you know, she tore some tendons in her thumb a couple of years ago and still played through it. Um, but I just want to point that out because 
you know, I'm not just saying this because Kayla said next to me, because I think all the other coaches and the people that know and compete against Kayla in the conference just know she's going to go down as one of the best players the Cascade Conference has ever seen. Well, high praise from your coach there, Kayla, and and uh, and obviously deserved. I, I want to ask you, Kayla, uh, in addition to playing at home, which obviously is a thrill every time you get to to get to step out on that field, is there a place where within our league where you're where you get extra pumped up to go play? I mean, when we're playing teams, you know that it, I know it's going to be tough competition. That obviously pumps up our entire team. So SOU, C of I, Eastern. Um, those are all going to be places we want to go and we're excited because we know it's going to be a good game. Um, Field-wise, I, I don't know. I love playing at home. I'd rather play at home. Um, but, yeah, all those places I just mentioned, are um, th those are fun because it's always going to be good games, which is more important to me, I feel like. And, Greg, we have such a great core group of coaches that have been in our league for a number of years, and, and I've always been impressed with the – camaraderie collegiality of everybody and talk a little bit to me about kind of that that part there's the competition and, and teams want to win but man um our, our coaches are really uh really great to and with each other yeah i'll just add to the question you you asked kayla first that you know anywhere on the road is tough competition you know when we're traveling and because we have such a strong league and it seems like everybody has you know, every year one really good starting arm or pitcher in the circle, you know, it makes it tough, you know, for us anywhere we go. Um, but in saying that, um, I think even though we all want to compete against each other and we want to, you know, be on top at the end of the year, whether it's winning a regular season title or winning a conference tournament, the one thing that I've just really been appreciative of um, over the years and especially now with the group of coaches that we have is I think we have a lot of coaches in softball in the Cascade Conference that are here for their players first. And, you know, even though all of us have different um, timelines in our career, if you will, that that lead us going in different paths and different directions, and not everybody's going to be 20 years in, in, one, in one school coaching at that school like I've had the fortune to do. And, you know, Al's been, I think, at C of I for 19 years. And Jessica's been at Southern, I think nine or 10 years now. I mean, you have some coaches that, you know, obviously have stuck around and, and have been really happy with um, their opportunities and their careers coaching in this league. But then you have a lot of good up and coming coaches. And I can go down the list of all the other schools that I didn't name that have really great coaches that quite honestly are professional and the way they treat each other and handle, you know, um, our off the field stuff. I'm just really thankful that we've got some people that I like to call my friends because they really represent not only themselves, but their schools and their teams really well. Yeah, it's just it's been great from a commissioner standpoint to work with coaches, in particular when we have so many changes that we go through because of weather and different things like that, to have people that are, that, as you said, are, are there for the student athlete first, um, which is great. Uh, Kayla, I, I want to talk a little bit. You mentioned that your sister is also on the team. Obviously, it's a family affair. Uh, but I want to talk about you, you mentioned that you're getting your graduate degree with a coaching certificate, dental hygiene undergrad. Uh, I got to ask the question, is coaching in your future? Yeah, I can see myself coaching for sure. The more I've taken these classes, I've realized how tough of a job it really is. 
Um, there's a lot more that goes into coaching than I even realized, which has been really cool taking these classes. It's also giving me a different perspective, like out of the game in general, taking these classes, which has been nice. I feel like I could definitely, I'd want to start off like as an assistant coach to be helping out and then um, maybe work my way up there. We'll see. Yeah, assistant coaches can have lots of opinions and lots of things. Head coaches got to make those final decisions, right? Yeah, it's a tough job. <laughs> it is a tough job, yeah. And you need good assistants that are willing to to uh, tell you maybe sometimes what you're not, not wanting to hear. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Greg, uh, again, OIT pick number one in our league, number one in the country right now. Southern pick number two in our league, and, and they're ranked number two in the country. Um, is there somebody within our league that that after our poll that you're thinking, man, I'm not sure that they were ranked high enough. They're they're maybe a dark horse. Well, Eastern's definitely in that conversation, um, just because I know how good you know Nicole is at recruiting and what she's done and building that program in a short time, and they have you know a really solid starting pitcher returning. I mean, honestly, one of the the more dominant arms that I've seen in the NAIA um, in, in Hoskins. And I know that they've recruited some other good pitchers. Uh, got a couple good transfers in from Northwest and then another transfer from Mount Hood. So I think, um, you know, as they're a team that has, I think, quite a few good upperclassmen returners as well. And I can go down their list because I, I know what their lineup's like because we're going to face them this weekend. Um, but they've got a really good returning class that I, I was happy that they still got – ranked in the top 25, because I think you and I were talking about this is the first time in preseason ever that we've had four Cascade Conference teams all ranked in the top 25, and deservingly so, coming off of last year's performances. But, uh, you know, Eastern's going to be a team to beat. C of I is always tough because, you know, Coach Mendiola does such a great job of reloading over there. Um, but I think British Columbia also has just been kind of you know, I'd say every year getting in the conference tournament and being a team that's just right there knocking on the door, if you will, to be one of the top two or three teams in the league. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they've recruited and, and what their in, improvements could be in their lineup. And then going down the list until we play teams, it'd be hard for me to to know because as as everybody knows, it goes without saying it's, it's who you have in the circle sometimes starting out, you know, whether or not you're going to stay in games and be in games. And having a great lineup one through nine certainly matters, but um, you know there's there's no substitute for having an ace pitcher that's going to at least negate you know some good offenses at times and and you know be um, you know somebody that you can count on a couple of times a weekend to keep you in games and give your team a chance to win. So yeah, and saying that, I think you know right now we're probably all ranked preseason where we should be, but that's going to certainly change when the first polls come out. Um, we've had some teams in the uh, GSAC play really good in the preseason, and they're all going to move up in the rankings, uh, deservedly so. Um, but where us and Southern, C of I and Eastern uh, land, you know, again, I, I don't want to say that rankings don't matter because they do when it comes to how we determine at large bursts in the NAI. So we certainly want to get the respect, you know, even if we're not number one or in the top 10, that we're ranked in a in a conversation where, you know, at the end of the year, if you don't get one of the AQs, then somebody still thinks you're good enough. But one of the things I would just finish that question with is I think we got four or five, maybe six teams right now that based on how we play in conference could all be deserving of being national tournament representatives. 
Yeah, and I, I think you make a great point there. And I think <clears throat> it's taken a few years for people around the country to realize how deep our conference is and the fact that we could go five, five or six teams deep. And really, they could be in that conversation for at large. Absolutely. We, uh, again, our tournament, top six teams go, our regular season champions, our first AQ, tournament champ wins our second AQ. Uh, if it's the same, the runner-up uh, wins that. Obviously, you're looking to, to host that for a third straight year. Um, excited to see what the, what the conference uh, season will bring. Uh, before we turn you loose, you know, Greg, is there something is there something about Kayla that uh, you know when we see her out there competing and that grit and and not only the grit but we also see her smiling and enjoying herself. But you know, is there something about Kayla that that stands out for you over the last four and a half years? Yeah, I just think she has the ability to lead with her example in such a way where she she doesn't have to say a lot. Um, and her teammates follow her and want to be, you know, with her in terms of um, just the, the hard work that they do off the field, the things that she has brought to, to this, this program for, you know, almost five years that she's been in it. But the one thing that I will say that people don't see when they're seeing somebody compete is it's, it's hard for people to know what kind of heart that she has. And she is just a genuinely caring person that wants to do things for other people. And then on top of it, um, you know, she's hard on herself. You know, she's really, really tough on herself. Like, you know, a lot of good athletes are. Um, but when you get her away from competition, it's just fun for me as a coach to see just that that spirit that she has where, you know, people gravitate towards her because, you know, she just genuinely cares about other people around her. I have praise for you. Oh, thank you. Um, so something about Coach, he's a very, very nice guy. Um, you'll talk anybody that has heard of Coach Stewart or has been around him, they're like, oh, man, your coach, he's such a nice guy. And that's true, like, not only outside of softball, but while we're playing as well. There's not a lot of times where after a game he comes out there and just chews his eye. I can't even remember a time that that's happened. He always finds something good that's come out of that game, and he's encouraging and helps us to look forward to the next whatever's happening, no matter what happened in that game, we're looking at something positive that came out of that. He's always willing to take accountability, even when sometimes I don't think it even came down to any type of coaching decision he made. We just didn't hit the ball, but he'll come out there and be like, that's on me, guys. And it's just, that's that's really cool to have a coach like that. But something that's fun, coach really likes sharks. He's a big shark guy. <laughs> so that's something maybe people don't know. I think for Halloween practice, he's been a shark like a few times very into shark week. So big shark guy. Yeah. <laughs> shark did. guy. When I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a, either a marine biologist or uh, one of those guys that went around and caught alligators and snakes before the crocodile hunter was there. That's, that's something I always enjoyed for whatever reason are those dangerous animals. There you go. Hey, that could be a, a retirement gig. Uh, Greg Stewart, <laughs> shark hunter. Well, that's one of the things that my wife is, is uh, pretty much, planned and promised me is that when I do retire, I'll get to go shark diving somewhere. I don't know where that'll be yet. Although I've, I've got to dive with sharks a few times and a couple of those times it wasn't on purpose. So I'm glad I came out unscathed. That's great. 
Well, awesome. Well, well, Coach and, and Kayla, thank you so much for joining the program. We are extremely excited to get this uh, 2024 softball conference season rolling. Best of luck to you guys as you travel over to Eastern and the rest of the season. And we look forward for more great things within the conference and nationally. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Courtney, for all you're doing to promote our conference and our sport. Thank you, guys. This has been Cascade Connects, and on behalf of myself and our director, Courtney Blummer, see you next time. On behalf of director Courtney Blummer and host Robert Cashel, thanks for tuning in to Cascade Connects, the official podcast of the Cascade Collegiate Conference, 15 championships, and over 3,000 student-athletes. This is the CCC.